48K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The chief executive says it's business as usual for her administration, irrespective of the result of Sunday's by-election. Personalised tickets are the way to go to beat the touts. That's according to a co-founder of Clock and Flap. And a court in New York is told that Hong Kong's former Home Affairs Secretary, Patrick Ho, was motivated by greed when he tried to bribe government officials in Africa. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says the pro-establishment camp's victory in Sunday's West Kowloon by-election will have little bearing on her administration's work. She says the government cares more about whether the election was fair and transparent, and authorities will deal with any complaints. Mrs Lam says every shift in the political landscape in the legislature doesn't have much effect on her work. Since taking office last July, I have adopted a very consistent approach in interacting with members of the Legislative Council, regardless of their political affiliations. So I've been attending more frequently meetings of the Legislative Council to answer questions and address concerns from members with different political backgrounds and diligently follow up on the suggestions and ideas. So uh, this particular result of the by-election will not have any material impact on what I have been doing in the last 16 months or so. The relationship of pan-democratic stalwarts Frederick Fung and Lee Chuk Yan seems to be unsalvageable. After their defeats in the LegCo by-election for Kowloon West, the pair used to work alongside each other in the pro-democracy camp until Mr Fung decided to stand as an independent candidate in the race, even though Mr Lee was already standing for the pan-democrats. Speaking at an RTHK programme after they both lost to the pro-government candidate Yan Chan, Mr Lee said he had nothing more to say about his ties with Mr Fung. But Mr Fung said Mr Lee may be his ally once again and he won't hold a grudge against him. I think this time uh, I am standing for the election because I, I, I don't accept and agree with the uh, non-establishment camp that they're using uh, some anti-democratic way to select the candidates. So if someday the non-establishment camp do come back, fight for democracies, and I think I can work with them to fight. A co-founder of the annual Clock and Flap Arts and Music Festival has dismissed concerns that personalised ticketing is too complex to introduce as a way to combat ticket scalping. CEO of Magnetic Asia, Mike Hill, was commenting after lawmakers yesterday criticised the government for being too slow to act against ticket touts. He explained how their digital ticketing platform, Ticket Flap, discouraged scalpers. Because we allow people to change the name at any point up until the point that they scan it, what that effectively means is that if somebody was somewhat opportunist and entrepreneurial, they could still buy a number of tickets and then resell them. But because of the way that they have to have a direct line of communication with the person that's buying the ticket, which means that it's largely inefficient for somebody to do it on a large scale. So for the large scale bot networks and ticket scalping agencies, it just becomes too arduous for them to do it. A New York federal court has heard Hong Kong's former Home Affairs Secretary Patrick Ho was motivated by greed to line the pockets of government officials in two African nations. It's the first day of his trial in a United Nations-linked case. Timmy Sung has details. Federal prosecutors told the juries that bribes were intended to lend lucrative business deals and oil rights for a Chinese energy conglomerate, CFC China Energy. They said Mr Ho tried to disguise the bribes as charitable donations. One backfire when the president of Chad became furious and demanded to know why Mr Ho was trying to pay him off. But the president was eventually persuaded to accept the two million US dollars in cash. 
But a defense attorney for Mr. Ho argued the payments to officials, including the Ugandan foreign minister, were above board to generate goodwill and long-term relationships. He told jurors not to trust a key government witness, Cheek Gadio, a former co-defendant who agreed to testify against Mr. Ho under a no-prosecution agreement. Mr. Ho has pleaded not guilty to charges of conspiracy, money laundering, and violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. His defense agreed before trial not to argue that the U.S. brought the case as part of a broader campaign against China, or that the timing of the prosecution was part of a broader political agenda. A mainland scientist who's been at the centre of a genetic modification controversy is slated to attend a summit in Hong Kong tomorrow. University professor He Jiang Kui, who claimed to have created the world's first genetically edited babies, is expected to give a speech at the International Summit on Human Genome Editing. The chair of the event's organising committee, David Baltimore, says he doesn't know what Mr. Her plans to talk about, but says there are guidelines that scientists should follow when they conduct genome editing research. We've invited people on the basis of their publication record and their status in the field, but we didn't ask them to tell us ahead of time what they're going to talk about. There is no formal moratorium. We've asked people to follow a set of guidelines, and that's published in the report from the National Academy of Sciences, as well as the Nuffield report. And we'll see what he says and whether that represents following those guidelines or not. A government doctor in charge of HIV prevention says safe sex remains the most effective way to avoid being infected with the virus and that people should continue to practice it. Dr Kenny Chan of the Centre for Health Protection was responding to reports that a scientist on the mainland has created the world's first genetically modified babies who are immune to HIV. Dr Chan said he could not comment further on the controversial experiment as information is still limited. HIV infection... It has happened for over three decades, and then over the years, the medical community actually has found very effective and very safe ways to prevent it. So this is something that I really want to emphasize. Without really kind of detailed information on experiments like this, okay, I really cannot comment. But as I said, you know, since we have really effective and safe ways to prevent HIV, I think we should adhere to those ways. The centre reported 156 new HIV infections between July and September, a similar number to the same period last year. Turning overseas, President Trump has rejected a landmark US government report on climate change, saying he didn't believe it would cost the United States hundreds of billions of dollars a year by the end of the century. The report, by 13 government bodies, says rising temperatures are already contributing to more intense wildfires, storms and droughts. Mr Trump spoke to reporters outside the White House. I don't believe it. No, no, I don't believe it. And and here's the other thing. You're going to have to have China and Japan and all of Asia and all of these other countries, you know, addresses our country. Right now we're at the cleanest we've ever been. The scientists involved in the report said the world was facing a climate crisis regardless of whether or not President Trump chose to believe it. Prosecutors in the U.S. say Donald Trump's jailed former campaign chairman Paul Manafort has breached his plea bargain agreement by lying to federal investigators. Special counsel Robert Mueller, who's investigating alleged collusion between Russia and Mr Trump's presidential campaign, said the breach meant there was no reason to delay Mr Manafort's sentencing hearing. Here's the BBC's Dan Johnson. 
Two months ago, Paul Manafort admitted fraud charges dating back before his involvement with Donald Trump's campaign. But in signing a deal for leniency, he agreed to talk about connections with Russia fully, truthfully, completely and forthrightly, in the words of that agreement. Now investigators say that hasn't been his approach in the dozen or so meetings they've had, and therefore he doesn't deserve a reduced sentence. Paul Manafort's lawyers say he believes he's given truthful information in answering investigators' questions, but he now faces years more in prison. And it raises some tantalising questions. Is there a subject he really doesn't want to talk about? And is there something, or someone, he fears more than a long jail term? The Wall Street Journal says President Trump will go ahead with planned tariffs on hundreds of billions in Chinese imports next year if he fails to strike a deal with President Xi Jinping this week. He's already imposed tariffs on more than 250 billion US dollars in Chinese goods to pressure Beijing to change its trade rules. He told the journal that the only deal would be China has to open up their country to competition from the United States. President Trump says the deal between Britain and the EU on Brexit could make British trade with the United States more difficult. His comments will add to the problems faced by the British Prime Minister Theresa May in getting the agreement approved by a largely hostile parliament. Here's the BBC's John Sopel. After a tough day trying to sell her deal to MPs at Westminster, this blast from across the Atlantic, from your closest ally, was probably the last thing Theresa May needed, even if it wasn't unexpected. And what he says is in some ways provocative, and in other ways, just a statement of fact. Provocative because, of course, the US will carry on trading with the UK as before. But a statement of fact that if Britain is still in some way yoked to EU rules during a transition period, then, of course, not everything will be up for negotiation in a UK-US trade deal. Scientists at the American space agency NASA say they're beginning to gather data from Mars after successfully landing a probe on the surface of the red planet. But researchers say it could be several months before the probe is ready to start more complex investigations, measuring quakes and underground temperatures. One of the project engineers, Elizabeth Barrett, explained the next stage of the mission. We start an initial assessment phase. So the first thing we'll do is assess the health of our spacecraft and then the health of the instruments that went with us and then look at our landing site. We've got the first picture down and now we want to look at it in more detail and understand where can we place the instruments on the surface to get the best science return. Cambridge University has made what's thought to be the world's first film in Babylonian, the language spoken in ancient Mesopotamia. Here's the BBC's Caroline Hawley. Recognize this? It's a language that hasn't been spoken for 2,000 years, but Babylonian is back. At least it is at Cambridge University, where an unusual academic exercise has led to what's being billed as the world's first film in Babylonian. It's described as a violent but comic story of revenge, based on a poem found on a clay tablet at an archaeological site in southeastern Turkey. The academic behind the project, Dr Martin Worthington, hopes the film, to be published online, will open up what he calls a fascinating ancient world. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,360. That's 13 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $43 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.51 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 2 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. We start with football. Newcastle have won three consecutive games in the English Premier League after victory at Burnley. 
the corner this time is taken short. Richie then works it across, and the glancing header is in. And Newcastle United, through Kieran Clark, increased their lead midway through the first half. Newcastle went on to win 2-1 and they're up to 13th in the table, four points clear of relegation. Burnley remain one point and one place above the drop zone. Now the European Champions League resumes tonight with Manchester City needing just one point from their remaining two group games to qualify for the last 16. The Premier League leaders are away to Lyon. City boss Pep Guardiola says he wants to break his personal record for Champions League victories away from home. The last month was so good in our side, was so good. We played in a high, high level, scoring a lot of goals. And, and never, I think, in my career, I won three games away in Champions League group stage, never. It was nine years in Champions League on ten years. I never, I think, I was able to win three games away. Meanwhile, Manchester United are second in Group H and favourites to progress alongside Juventus. United are at home to young boys of Switzerland. Manager Jose Mourinho says he wants his players to treat tonight's game like it's their final chance to reach the last 16. I want to forget that we still have a chance, that we still have one more match to play. And I want to play this game as is a knockout game. We have to win. To the NBA, where the Washington Wizards overcame James Harden's 54 points to beat the Houston Rockets 135-131 to in overtime. John Wall led the Wizards with a season-high 36 points, including 6 in the extra frame. Elsewhere, Boston beat New Orleans 124-107 to behind 26 points and 10 assists from Kyrie Irving. Charlotte held off Milwaukee 110-107. to The Bucks' comeback fell short and they lost for just the sixth time this season. On the ice, Mitch Marner assisted on three goals as the Maple Leafs beat the Bruins 4-2 in Boston. Toronto's Russian defenseman Igor Ojiganov got his first NHL goal, while Patrick Marlowe recorded an assist in his 1,600th NHL game. And in baseball news, the Atlanta Braves have made a splash in the free agent market, picking up third baseman Josh Donaldson and catcher Brian McCann. Donaldson, the 2015 American League MVP, signed a one-year deal worth $23 million U.S. million. McCann also signed for one year to play near his home. He was on the Houston team that won the 2017 World Series. The up-and-coming Braves are hoping to go one step further than last season when they won the National League East, only to lose in the division series against the L.A. Dodgers. And as you look at sports... Thanks, Atom. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says it's business as usual for her administration, irrespective of the result of Sunday's by-election. And personalised tickets are the way to go to beat the touts. That's according to a co-founder of Clock and Flap. The news from RTHK.
forget you. 